Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn there, Revelation chapter 20. There's 14 and 15. We're looking at man's last day in God's court. We kind of coming to an end to all of this, and we've been talking about what does it mean for uh, mankind to be uh, standing before God. And remember, uh, this is a time in which we're uh, we read in Scripture here where everything is taken away. All of creation is wiped away, and many scholars believe that that at the great white throne, there is literally nothing. All of heaven and all of earth is wiped away. This is before the new heaven and new earth are created by God. And, and basically, uh, it is, uh, if nothing else, it is indicative of the fact that God is causing mankind uh, that has rejected Him and that has... Uh, uh, rejected his love to stand before him in judgment without anything to hide behind, without anything to um, uh, to uh, use as a way of diverting attention away from their sin. Uh, all of mankind is standing. It, it's uh, it is a time in which God is consigning all of uh, the ungodly of the world to eternal hell. Every major religion throughout the world has some sort of time such as this, some sort of punishment uh, that is uh, reminiscent of, of hell, uh, punishment after death. Uh, even uh, those religions that believe in annihilation after death, which means everything just ceases to exist for that person it is that person that uh, rejects God that is annihilated those who uh, worship God and those who follow God uh, uh, don't receive that punishment so every religion in the major religion in the world has some sort of uh, eternal punishment that is involved uh, but uh, the scripture here tells us uh, that this is a time in which the ungodly are punished uh, in Islam. Uh, they believe that two angels, uh, Munkar and Nakar, uh, question everyone before they walk across a bridge over hell and the faithful cross to paradise, while the ungodly fall into the seven different grades of hell, uh, where they will be. Uh, uh, burned until their flesh, their skin is destroyed. It's boiled, it's roasted, it's afflicted with uh, pus, and that they are given at that point new skin so that the uh, process can go over or uh, repeat over again. In Buddhism, uh, they believe in many hells uh, on the path towards nirvana, which leads to non existence. Uh, annihilation basically classic buddhism has seven hot hells each are surrounded by torture chambers uh in taoism the god uh, uh, of walls and moats sends the wicked to one of several hells where they are punished for a um 
certain period of time, a fixed period of time. And in Hinduism, they have 21 hells uh, tailor-made to match the person's behavior while they were on the earth. And, and it's basically an idea that Hinduism is going to torture those who are in these different uh, hells. Jainism is a spinoff of Hinduism. It has... Uh, 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 now get this. Jainism has 8,400,000 different hells and a bottomless pit on top of that. And all of this points to an innate sense of justice and humanity. You might be wondering, why in the world are you telling us all of this stuff? This doesn't have anything to do with revelation. It doesn't have anything to do with our belief in Christianity. Well, it does, in a way, lend us to understand that throughout all of uh, humanity, all of society, all of the world, all has an understanding of justice and of judgment. And uh, so in this passage of Scripture where we have been looking for quite some time at the great white throne, I mean, when we started, did you think we could spend this much time on the great white throne? Probably not. Um, but uh, it is important for us to understand the significance of this because of a very important reason and a very important aspect. So many of us in the church are not bothered by the fact that so many will go to an eternal hell. We're happy that we've got salvation. We're happy that we are not headed to an eternal hell. But unfortunately, we're not we're not bothered by the fact that so many people all around us are gleefully skipping to an eternal hell because they are rejecting God, they're rejecting salvation, they're rejecting God's love, and we're not constantly at them to compel them to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. When we were in West Virginia, one of the things that, uh, that I love to do whenever we're anywhere is to learn history, local history about uh, the people and about what's going on in the community and the, in the area. And one of the people in, in West Virginia gave me a book about a circuit riding preacher that used to ride across the mountains of West Virginia and he would go into the hollers and the hills and all down into the areas where there was little groups of people and he would share the gospel and he would share uh, the love of God with those people and he would tell them. And every once in a while, this was the time when people would come together in the springtime and they would... I don't know, it was, it was one time of the year where they had time where they could get together. They had come together for revival meetings in big tents and they'd make uh, these big camps where all the people would come together. This was a time before hotels and all that were very prominent. And so they'd uh, kind of have a big camp meeting where they'd all come together and they'd have tent, a big huge tent where they'd have uh, services. And, and, and it told about how they had a front pew where it was the, uh, it was the center's pew. It was a place where uh, people that uh, were 
uh, were still without Christ, that, that people knew that they needed the uh, salvation and they needed the gospel, uh, they told them to go sit in the front pew and to, so they could be in the direct line of the preacher that was preaching. And, and they had... They had people that were, were getting in their face about salvation and getting into their face about needing the love of God in their life. And they were sweating these people out to get them to turn to Christ and, and to give their heart to Jesus Christ. And I saw something similar to that when I was uh, 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 pastoring in South Carolina and we went on a mission trip to Honduras. And uh, we were in a big tent at, uh, in the evenings after... Uh, doing medical aid and all that kind of stuff, and people came out at night uh, it, by the hundreds in a huge tent. And we had we'd have a big revival time, and uh, we had uh, one of the pastors that went with us that was doing the revival service each night, and he'd preach for an hour or so because they had to use the interpreter, and then he'd turn it over to the local pastor there uh, and a local team that would do the invitation because what they would do we would never do in the United States never 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 at least not today but those uh, those uh, they he had a team of, of seminary students that they were teaching in the in the Baptist Institute there that we were having the uh, uh, that we were using their facility to have the the mission time and while he was up there at the front, he was going down the row of every row and he was saying, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know Him? Are you sure you know Him? Do you have Jesus in your heart? And he'd go to the next one. Do you have Jesus in your heart? And he'd look him straight in the eye and, and he, wouldn't go, he would look at him and he would ask each and every one of them. And while he's doing that, all of the seminary students were going up and down the aisles confronting the people saying, do you know, need Jesus Christ in your heart? Do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And let me tell you something. They had a passion and a fire to have people to come to know Jesus Christ. And I, it's my fear that we have lost the, the, uh, uh, the horror of what is coming for people and we have lost our zeal to reach people for Jesus Christ. And we just, we're, we're so sensible about not offending people and we're so sensible about not doing something that may cause someone to get offended and never come back to our church. But what we're dealing with is their eternal soul and this is what we're seeing here, the judgment of those who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the time in which they come to great judgment in fact, the truth is not so popular amongst Christians anymore. In a poll that was taken in 1977, now I'm telling, I'm going back away so you'll understand what I'm talking about. In a poll that was conducted in 1977, 5% of the people that were polled felt as though they and realized that they were going to a sinner's hell. 65% of people thought they were good enough to go to heaven and 30% uh, didn't know. By 1978, the next year, it only fell down to 4% believing they went to sinner's hell. By 1988, 76% of the people polled thought they were going to go to heaven and 6% felt like they were going to hell. In a Gallup poll that was taken in 1991, 70-plus percent believed they were so good they were going to go to heaven, and only 4% believed they, 
believed they were going to hell. Well, you say, well, that's only about 74%. What about the other 25%? The other 25% didn't believe in any of it. Didn't want, didn't want to talk about it. Didn't know what, uh, what they would, would wind up doing and didn't have any concern or care. Folks, people are not worried about going to a sinner's hell. A majority of people believe hell is for only the worst people. I was listening to a podcast by Albert Bowler. He's the president of Southern Seminary. Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. And he was telling, uh, he was talking about a new trend that is happening within the United States where people believe that there is, uh, that they don't want, uh, in, in society, people say they don't want uh, the death penalty for those people who commit murder. But strangely enough, even those who believe that uh, that uh, the death penalty is wrong, they still believe that there are certain circumstances where uh, the death penalty is not only appropriate but warranted, uh, such as in uh, somebody who's uh, uh, conducted a mass shooting like uh, uh, the fellow who did the, the uh, mass shooting in a school uh, that went before the court and uh, finally pleaded guilty. Uh, Cruz is his last name. I forget his first name. But uh, uh, he, he admitted that he had done wrong. He admitted that he had uh, killed all those people. He killed a bunch of students and teachers. And, and, uh, and as much as, as so many people on uh, different sides of the political spectrum believe that there shouldn't be uh, a death penalty, they turn and say, this individual a mass shooter, a mass killer, somebody like Hitler or Stalin or Mussolini. Yeah, they deserve to be uh, executed. And not only that, let me just tell you something, it, that portrays also the, the feeling and the understanding that people have of hell. They believe that there's, that they might believe that there's a sinner's hell, but they only believe the worst of the worst are going to hell. They only believe... Stalin and, and Mussolini and Hitler and Mao, these people who killed millions of people in, uh, in wars for socialism and wars for uh, Marxism, wars for uh, uh, fascism, uh, killed all these people in order to gain power. And the majority of people in the United States, throughout the United States believe that hell is only for the worst of these. Maybe somebody like Charles Manson who, who uh, 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 orchestrated uh, mass killings and, and did all that crazy stuff back in the 60s. Theologians even reject the notion of hell. Some believe that it is uh, uh, in universalism. So... As we have been looking at this, we need to understand that hell is a reality. Hell is, is where uh, God is consigning those who reject Him. And we've seen uh, the scene of this great white throne judgment in heaven, uh, in uh, the presence of God. We've seen uh, uh, the scene that involves the, this great white throne and uh, where uh, God and Jesus Christ are sitting in judgment. We've seen the summons of all, the, of all those who have rejected uh, Christ. We've seen the standard. And we've, uh, we come now to the sentence. Look at verse 14 and 15. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. 
This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. First of all, we see that death and hell, death and Hades are thrown into the pit. Death goes out of existence in this uh, sentencing of injustice, this sentencing of sin. Hell is a place, of, a lake of fire. It's likened to the valley of ben Hinnon that is outside, is southwest of Jerusalem. It is, uh, ben Hinnon is a valley that was a place in which uh, battles were fought uh, and eventually it became a garbage dump outside of, of Jerusalem. It's to the sw- southwest of Jerusalem and, and uh, it is a place that is eternally burning because it's eternally being... Uh, the people of Jerusalem were continually throwing their garbage in there. It's a place of great stink and stench. It's just like if, if uh, uh, we had the dump right beside... Uh, your house and it, it was where you burned all your trash and everything and so uh, and the visions of of maggots and worms and all that kind of stuff that's running in and out of everything that's in the in there uh, that's burning is because it is a place where people throw their garbage they they threw all their stuff in there and so uh, uh, you had all of that kind of of uh, garbage dump stuff always on fire and uh, it is emblematic of what hell is. Let's look at the elements of this judgment. It says, uh, death and hell were cast in a lake of fire and this is the second death. Um, The elements, first of all, is darkness. We see in Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, uh, the... Uh, description of what uh, hell is like. It says, uh, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into utter darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, We also see in Matthew 22, Verse 13 says, And and, uh, then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into utter darkness and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so this image of weeping and gnashing of teeth is is, uh, uh, an utter darkness is is prevalent when talking about hell. Uh, and uh, Matthew 25, verse 30 says, And cast ye the, uh, the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's utter darkness. And look at Second Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Second Peter chapter two, verse seventeen says, "Wait a minute." Oh, I'm looking at First Peter. That's why it doesn't work. 
helps to be in the right Peter. Second Peter two seventeen says, uh, "There are wells without water, clouds that are carried uh, with uh, a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever." So, uh, this is uh, that image of hell. Also, in Mark chapter nine verse forty eight, we see the fact that there are worms. Not only darkness, utter darkness, but worms and the infestation of of uh, that it says, where there worms doth not, and the fire is not quenched. So uh, that's found in uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 48, as well as Isaiah 66, 24. Isaiah 30, verse 30 uh, says there's a consuming fire. Verse 33 says uh, uh, the valley of Ben-Hanon before it was a garbage dump was called Topheth. It was a place where children were offered as sacrifices to the god Molech by pagans. And God forever condemned that place. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, uh, Jesus warns people of an eternity in hell. Matthew chapter 13, there's a parable of, uh, about the unrighteous ha- uh, heart, uh, the unrighteous being burnt in, in eternity of hell. Matthew chapter 13, verse uh, 40 and 42 and 50 all talk about the unrighteous the eternal fire. Matthew chapter 18, verse 8 and 9 uh, talks about this eternal fire. Then we have the banishment. There is a complete and utter banishment. Those are cast out in Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, and Matthew 22, verse 13. There's weeping and gnashing, and uh, there is a constant uh, outpouring of those who are lost and those who are uh, no longer uh, in the presence of... Uh, of those who are uh, with Christ. And it says, those who are not written in the, lamb, uh, in the book, and this is their Lamb's book of life, uh, is where those who are saved are, uh, have their name written. The most important thing that we need to understand about this is, is that it is an eternity of being cast away from God. This is the reason that hell is the place that it is. It is because there is no love of uh, no presence of God. There's no love of God. There's no uh, hope of God. There's no forgiveness of God. It is a place of final punishment. We need to remember that that this punishment comes after repeated efforts of God to to pull people into an understanding of that He is God, that they need to turn their heart and life over to Him, that He has given them eternal salvation, that He has given them an opportunity to come and, and make their lives right with Him. Uh, remember, as I've mentioned all throughout the book of Revelation, it is a declaration of God's glory and God's judgment and all throughout history God has been pointing to this time in which he finally says no more no more your sins have finally uh, culminated 
in an eternity away from God. And we need to remember that that this is, uh, as a Christian, we need to remember that this is a reality. We talk, we we praise God, and we rejoice at the fact that we are not uh, that we're going to heaven, that we're not in our final place of resting here on this earth. That this earth uh, will uh, will be. Uh, just set aside when we leave this world and we get to be in the presence of God. But we need to remember that those without God, those who have rejected God, go to an eternity of separation from God. An eternity of never coming back into the presence of God. Let us pray that we never, ever forget that reality. Never forget the fact that we have people all around us that will face that fate if we don't share the gospel message, that we need to continually share the love of God. Give people the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. Give them the hope that's found in Christ, that we need to continually share and to plead with people to give their heart and life to Christ. So many people in the world think that, that hell's a place where they're going to be with all their buddies and they're going to be down there and they're going to be having a party and they're going to be having a good time doing all the stuff they did while they were on the earth drinking and, and partying and doing drugs or whatever and, and having all kinds of wild stuff going on. But hell is an eternity of uh, eternal banishment from God. Eternity of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, it's a symbolic of the, the pain and the suffering that they'll endure. They'll be cast away for eternity in second death. And we, need to, we have the key to the, the fact that they can receive salvation in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that You'd help us to be mindful of the fact that there is a world all around us that needs to know You as Lord and Savior. There are people in this world that are searching everywhere for the answers to their the pain and their difficulties, the struggles that they face. They're, they're searching for something to bring relief in their life, to, to bring love and hope and, and security. And, and they're looking for everything in the world is letting them down. They're looking in drugs and alcohol and they're looking in, in all kinds of illicit uh, relationships. They're looking in, in all the wrong places, Lord. And Lord, we pray that You'd help us to, to share the love of Christ with those who are still searching, those who are still out there that are in pain and suffering because they do not have Christ in their life. Lord, help us to be faithful, to remember the eternity of separation is coming for these people away from you. We need to be fervent in our desire to share the gospel of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.